Hogan made that up. Will there be a little ride on Space Mountain? Hogan comes back. What the fuck are you doing? He got me all flabbergasted. Where does he come up with a thousand holes? That incessant whining. Get up against a chain link fence and rake yourself across it. This guy went to flash you. You are a dead crooked. Rice cake walk, baby. This place is apropos. You really agitate us. Now, nothing that happened here tonight even vaguely resembles professional wrestling. Whip them till they get their clothes on. This ain't the end. Somebody go get me a bucket. Got a right in the car, beef and cabbage. What do you call him? Chives. Maybe the uh, fidget. Uh, uh, I understand. You will have to depend on the pens for the rest of your life. Straight OG brother, is that what you're saying? Don't you worry about my hands. About time. Hello and welcome to episode number 30 of the Nitro Mania podcast. Episode 30 on January 30th. How coincidental. There is now one episode for every track on the Beatles' White Album, one episode for each odd foot of grunt in Russell Crowe's shitty band, and in a tangentially related to wrestling moment, 30 is also the root number of the bus that was blown up in London on my birthday, July 7th, 2005, killing 52 people. 53 if you count Muhammad Hassan's WWE career. Before we get started this week, my good friend Henry Huge Pecks over on the Raw Attitude Podcast provided me with some colorful information about a couple of things we talked about last week. First, we talked about Fit Finley, the Belfast bruiser, busting open Steven Regal after a straight-up punch to the eye. Well, it turns out that's exactly what happened. Henry shared a screenshot of a tweet from St. Patrick's Day 2015 where Regal posted, quote, Happy St. Patrick's Day to my least favorite Irishman. This one match, with a picture from that fight attached to the tweet, broken nose, fractured cheek, 12 stitches in my eye, unquote. Second fun fact, Lee Marshall took over the voice of famed serial mascot Tony the Tiger in 2005 after the death of Thurl Ravenscroft, who really sounds like a Dungeons & Dragons character, who folks in my generation and above may also know as the singing voice but not the narrator of the classic Christmas cartoon, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Old Thurl had been doing the voice of Tony the Tiger since 1953. Lee Marshall took over in 2005 and was the voice of Tony until his death in 2014. When asked about what he thought about the Doomsday Cage match, Marshall was heard to comment that it was not that great. Full disclosure, I also stole that joke from Henry. I also want to apologize for the brief but repeated audio glitches in the Uncensored episode. I tried to fix them all, but when I listened back in my car, it was quite obvious that I'd missed quite a few. Uh, it's something to do with Skype. I don't know why it happens, and I don't yet know how to fix it, but I am working on it. So uh, hopefully by the time Slamboree rolls around, uh, it won't do that anymore. All right. Last week on Nitro, every title was defended except the TV title oddly enough, given its name, and none of them changed hands. The Giant appeared to turn face after choke-slamming Ric Flair, Kevin Sullivan, and Arn Anderson and walking away from the carnage alone, and we were promised another ungodly tag-team match between the teams of Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan and Hulk Hogan <sighs> and the Booty Man. I do hope you all enjoyed listening to Sal and I suffer through Uncensored last week. What a shit show that was. We got a whole month and a half until Slamboree on May 19th. Don't tell Kane. So let's see how they fill the time between now and then. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, April 1st. No jokes, 1996. 
And we are live from somewhere. Turns out we opened Nitro in the middle of a standoff between Sting and the Giant. Bischoff says Jimmy Hart paid off Harlem Heat and the Giant, so I guess that wasn't a face turn last week. Anyway, something happened on WCW Saturday night, Bischoff tells us, and Sting and the Giant were supposed to be a team tonight, but instead we're opening with this singles match between Sting and the Giant. They fight for a while until Lex Luger shows up out of nowhere and the referee rings the bell, despite Luger not actually having done anything. Then we get your opening titles. So let's try this again. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, April 1st, 1996, and we are live from Cleveland, Ohio. This is the CSU Convocation Center, and we'll be back here in just under six months for another episode of Nitro, and then there's an episode of Thunder from this building about a year and a half after that, uh, and a UWF show from 1987, but that's it. We go to the desk, and Bischoff lays out the whole thing. And it was supposed to be World Tag Team title match, Sting and the Giant against Harlem Heat. WCW executive committee said, no way, Giant cannot step in for Lex Luger. But nonetheless, it was supposed to be tag team action. Apparently, Jimmy Hart stepping in just moments before the show opened up with a payoff, Eden. Well, I'm not saying it was a payoff. It was a big envelope, and it said confidential on Harlem Heat. Well, there it is right there. You can see Jimmy Hart's got the envelope. I'm curious if we can hear what he says to them. Or should we eavesdrop? Maybe it's a get well food card. Who knows? No, I think it's a big, big sum of money to make Harlem Heat walk away from this one. There's a little check there. I wonder what it said. It worked. It worked. Whatever, whatever it said, whatever was in that envelope, it worked for Harlem Heat, and it's working for Jimmy Hart. Well, obviously Jimmy Hart wanted Sting and the Giant to go at it, but he didn't have any control over Luger jumping in the ring, did he, Mr. Heat? We're going to jump all over this one ourselves. Whatever it is. It makes no sense. Flair will defend his title against Lex Luger tonight, a triangle tag match, and the tag match promised last week. We come back from commercial for the triangle tag, the Nasty Boys, the Steiner Brothers, and the Road Warriors going at it. This triangle tag match has the same dumb rules as the triangle match from way back in the beginning of this show. Three teams, but only two men in the ring at once. Unlike that first triangle match, though, this one already has a lot more tags than that one, less than a minute into the match. The match eventually breaks down into a brawl just after Bobby Heenan makes the first mention of the lethal lottery at Slamboree. Things get back under control surprisingly quickly, actually, and the match continues. This actually isn't a bad match. There's lots of action, very fast-paced. The finish, though... Eh. Nobbs and Rick Steiner are outside the ring. Nobbs sends Steiner into the ring stairs. In the ring, Scott Steiner backdrops Hawk over the top rope to the floor. Public Enemy, who we were told earlier were upset about not being included in this match, run to the ring and attack Nobbs. Johnny Grunge, dressed as Brian Nobbs, nudges Nobbs under the ring apron, slightly, and slides in the ring to get pinned by Rick Steiner. Bischoff then concludes that it must have been Public Enemy who mugged the Nasty Boys and not the Steiners. Up next, Hogan and the Booty Man, who really, really looks like he's on coke in his promo pick. This Saturday night, Lex Luger defends the TV title against the Giant, Randy Savage versus Scott Norton, and Ric Flair versus the Booty Man. When we come back, enter Arn Anderson and the Taskmaster, accompanied by Elizabeth and Woman. Let's see what happens here after what happened last week. 
Bischoff tells us that also on Saturday night will be the first drawing for the Lethal Lottery. Hogan and Booty enter accompanied by the Booty Girl. I can't wait for that over-the-shoulder shot where she looks into the camera and says something stupid. We come back from break for the opening bell, then Heenan says he's retiring from wrestling and from broadcasting. And I wonder what that story's going to be. Apparently on Saturday night, Anderson and Sullivan got in some kind of argument, so they're really playing up the fact that they don't like each other. Booty Man spends the entire time in the ring for the faces until it's time for the finish when Hogan finally tags in and cleans house. We get another fucking spot involving woman's footwear and Hogan pins Sullivan, for fuck's sake. During the replays, Bischoff screams that something is happening in the ring, but by the time they cut back to the ring, it's over. Apparently, Booty returned to get Kimberly's shoe and got attacked by all the heels. We go to Gene. Pull up your socks and get ready. In the ring, where Hogan makes a stupid pun. Booty promises something he's had on the back burner. He just needs Hogan to be his partner next week on Nitro. But Booty refuses to tell us what this secret stipulation is. He just keeps saying that it will get them some satisfaction. So next week, we have to sit through all this garbage again. Up next, your main event, Lex Luger versus Ric Flair for the World's Heavyweight Championship. On his way to the ring, Flair, who is accompanied by woman and Elizabeth, surprisingly, stops to ogle Deborah McMichael, who's very awkwardly sitting in a chair while everyone around her is standing and trying to get to Flair. Luger, by the way, is the television and tag champion and is now also going for the world title. By the way, the World Heavyweight Championship itself still says Macho Man on it. It's been, what, two months? Three months? Anyway. The match starts awesomely with a test of strength and an Irish whip into a gorilla slam, both of which Flair sells by screaming at the top of his lungs. Great stuff. Luger is dominating Flair here, and Flair gets frustrated with that fact. Bischoff tells us there is no Nitro next week, but doesn't tell us why this time, so I'm going to assume it's another miniseries, this time probably about the Industrial Revolution or some shit. Flair takes over after dumping Luger outside. He chop blocks Luger and locks him into the figure four right in the middle of the ring. Luger almost gets pinned, then begins to no-sell the figure four while in the figure four. Uh, and then he powers out. Then Flair dumps him outside again. Luger goes into the barricade, but rebounds with a clothesline as though it was the ropes or some shit. Weird. He chases Flair back into the ring, then tries a sunset flip over the ropes, but Flair grabs the ropes. Nick Patrick then kicks Flair's hands off the rope so he can count the pin, but Flair kicks out at two. Why that happened, I'm not quite sure, because it certainly seems against some rule of some sort. They go back and forth a bit more. Luger throws Flair off the top rope, and Woman grabs a cup of coffee from someone in the crowd. Elizabeth distracts Nick Patrick while Luger puts Flair in the torture rack. Woman enters the ring and throws the coffee in Luger's face, and Flair rolls him up with his feet on the top rope for three to retain the title. Sting runs out to help his tag team partner while Flair celebrates in the aisle. We go to the desk, and Bischoff recaps what just happened. We will pick it up here with Bobby Heenan. And the booty's going to come up with some kind of a new match. What is that about? I don't know. But I want to tell you one thing, gentlemen. One thing. My last night tonight. What are you going to do? I'll extend my hand here. Have a nice life. Oh, oh, by the way. April Fool's. (laughs) Jeez, a man. We'll see you here in two weeks. WCW Nitro on TNT. Hogan, Booty Man, the Booty Babe. 
Mixtag? That wasn't that funny, Hayden. That Tell wasn't everybody. that funny. Everybody in the whole we'll country. We'll see you in two weeks. We'll see him in two weeks. I'm Eric Bischoff for Bobby the Brain Hayden, Steve Mongo McMichael. April Thanks Fools. for joining us. Hope you ain't laughing. Honestly, I sincerely enjoyed Bobby cackling wildly during the end of the show. This episode was all right. Um, Giant seems to have done a complete 360 in a matter of two weeks. Heel last Sunday, seemingly turning face last Monday, and now heel here again tonight. Uh, I will say it was a nice change of pace to open with a match and not just the opening video. I mean, two weeks ago, we got we opened with uh, Giant and Loch Ness brawling in the aisle, but they still ran the opening video first. I like the false start, just for a change of pace. The triangle match was decent, with that weird little twist at the end. The tag match was uh, standard Hogan-Pablum. Everyone else does all the work, and he comes in at the end and takes credit. Plus, another goddamn shoe spot. And the world title match was decent. The flair gets dominated, sneaks out of victory, thanks to some skullduggery. If you go back and watch anything this week, I would say make it the triangle tag. Uh, honestly. Uh, over on Cage Match, this show has a 3.29 out of 10 and dropped a bit to a 2.8 TV rating, probably because it was the night after WrestleMania. Speaking of which, over on Raw, it is the night after WrestleMania 12, and we are live from San Bernardino, California. Beautiful San Bernardino, California. Mankind debuts, defeating Bob Sparkplug Holly with the Mandible Claw. We get a photo review of the debut of Mark Marrow and Sable, and Sable is in the crowd tonight. Mark Marrow defeats Isaac Yankum with a sunset flip. Sable is happy. Hunter is not. Sable slaps Hunter. And Tony Chimmel, of all people, holds Hunter back while Marrow takes Sable away. We get a quick video about the Ultimate Warrior. And then Ed Begley Jr.? Ed Begley Jr. on a bicycle. Honest to God. Uh, a recap of the Godwins versus the Body Donnas for the tag titles from the free-for-all last night. The Body Donnas then defeat the team of Barry Horowitz and Aldo Montoya by pinfall. Vince then interviews the new WWF champion, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Doc Hendricks then sells us a championship Matt plaque from WrestleMania for just $49.95. Then we go back to Ed Begley, something about the weekly world news. Don't remember that being a TV show, but apparently it was. Then, in your main event, Justin Hawk Bradshaw... Remember, main event, Justin Hawk Bradshaw defeats The Undertaker. I did not misspeak there. Justin Hawk Bradshaw defeats The Undertaker by disqualification when Mankind attacks Undertaker. This episode of Raw has a 5.8 on cage match and pulled in a 2.9 TV rating. I expected it to be higher, but it still defeats Nitro on both fronts. So, that does it for Nitromania for this week. I do hope you enjoyed it. It's kind of a short one this week, but uh, what are you going to do? If you want to see me live and in person, you can this Saturday at the Liberty States Wrestling Winter Warfare at the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts, or come on out to the Elks Lodge in Clinton, Massachusetts on Saturday, February 24th for Lucky Pro Wrestling Homecoming. If you like the show, let me know on Twitter at NitromaniaPod or by email at NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. Check out all the shows here on the Rundown Wrestling feed. My episode of WrestleMania Salvation is coming right up quick here. And if you like us, please consider supporting us. You can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash rundownwrestling, or you can become a monthly donor for just five bucks a month at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. Patrons get extra bonus episodes. There's one posted up there now, and I know that ideas are being bandied about for more. 
I also invite you to check out all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network over at questandnetwork.com. There are all kinds of different shows over there covering all kinds of different topics like this fine program. Hey, do you like video games? Do you like silly boy goofs? What about watching four dudes play video games, usually badly? Hi, my name is Nort, co-founder of Nerd Control, a video game Let's Play channel I created with my three best friends. Gregory. Derex. Don't forget me, it's your boy Reincent. So come watch our videos every Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Oh, and don't forget to join us for our After Dark episodes on the weekends. The video is the only recollection of the night after we've drank too much to remember. Watch us strive for mediocrity and just have a plain old good time. So until next week and whatever cockamamie scheme Booty Man has thought up, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next time, right here on Nitromania.